0: Welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Justin Box. So with no further ado, I'd like to invite one of my best friends and a little mini-me once he gets a beard. So So good. It's awesome. Don't you just love... uh, divine connections met these guys in 2011 went to uh over a crazy period in life and pain and hurt and just full on worst 18 months of our life um yeah we we decided to to go over and um half time and uh and just yeah work on us and we went over to bethel we went over just where we're at in life, we applied for Reading, but where we're at in life, they said 1,200 students in first year isn't going to be great, so want to encourage you guys to go to the discipleship school that's on the coast, which was about 35 people. So Lee and I went there for a couple of months, and, uh, and we met these guys, and that, was just, um, and that was it, and that was 2011, and here we are. Just, um, yeah, God is invested and involved, and regardless of how you see him, he sees you. It's amazing that when people have an encounter or an experience with God and they've lived their life up an X amount of years and they encounter God, they can actually start to look back and go, oh, there you were, 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 and there's a list of testimonies and they didn't even know because when you're in it, you're just living. But then when you look back and you've got this awareness of God, it's like, oh, wow, there he was. So I just want to encourage you in that. We're all going through stuff, yeah? But he's just so good in it. We can still have joy and peace and hope in it. But um, yeah, it's just good. So Jesus, we, we thank you for what you are doing. We thank you for this morning. We thank you that, that, that each time we encounter you, that becomes our new normal. Yeah, because it's glory to glory, more, more, more. Amen. So good. Good to see you. Hey, uh, a couple of weeks ago I spoke about, shared about how Matthew 6.10, we know it, the Lord's Prayer, as I said, it's on your, possibly on a magnet on your fridge, um, or it might be croqueted into a pillow, the Lord's Prayer, um, on your sitting chair in that room you don't use. Um, Croquet, is that a, a, what's croquet? (laughs) Settle down, hecklers, hecklers. Is croquet, what's croquet sport through that little thing? Whatever. That's how much I like crochet. Can you, I'm, I'm, I'm going after something with the magnets and the crochet, aren't I, really? And the coffee mugs with scriptures on them. They call, they, they cause us to become familiar when God wants things to be fresh and new and alive and, and growing and excitement and enthusiastic. And and, uh, and you're probably, you're really well familiar with um, what, what, the NIV and the great Bible translators heading, put the heading on top of things and we, we think the heading is the Bible and the heading says the Lord's Prayer and that's great, good on them, that's awesome but what we've discovered is it's the disciples model prayer of how the disciples are meant to pray and believe and live. So we've been unpacking that for quite a while and, uh, and we spoke about our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Set apart, be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And I, and I challenged us this year that let's not forget the your. Because we can do the stuff, we can go after the stuff, we can and kindness is awesome and seeing people is awesome and, and, and loving people well is awesome and moving in power and seeing miracles and healing, signs and wonders break out, telling people what God thinks about them because he speaks to us for other people. All that's great, but if we forget him in it, and we're missing something. We, I can do all the stuff, but if I'm missing the life source, there's a disconnect and that only runs for a while. It's like running on fumes. But I challenge us to just come back in and look at him and I ask, how's your, your? How's your your? How's it going? How, how's your up? How's your up? How how, how are you and him going? And just really challenged with that. We looked at one of the scriptures, after your kingdom come, your will be done. Matthew 6, 10, verse 11. Simple line, you know it. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Talking about our dependence on the Lord. And then we started just talking about, um, about presence and how his presence is meant to be experienced. It's not just God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, thanks for coming, see you later. It's actually Holy Spirit's a person, it's, he's God, it's not, just a, it's not just God's spirit and energy and force, it's not that. It's a person, it's relational, it's intimate, it's personality, it's, he is to be encountered, he's God. And I just spoke, I spoke about that that, that, that we can experience his presence, that we're designed, created to experience his presence. The Bible is meant to come off the page and live in and through our lives. It's meant to become a living reality. Jesus said in John 8.31 that you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And that you'll know the truth, that context is an intimate acquaintance with a person and it becomes a reality in your life. Not meant to be a religious thing, jumping through hoops, ticking boxes. He ticked, Jesus ticked the boxes and he approves of you. He loves you so much and invites you to come in and experience him. So we spoke about that and we, we looked at three points, presence, and we spoke about friend, friendship with God, that that's possible. That there was a time where we couldn't be friends with God and we see through the Old Testament there were, there were some people, Moses, Abraham, David, like there was this connection with God. And there was an upgrade from just being a child of God to a friend. We're always a child, but there's an upgrade into friendship. And then Jesus spoke about slaves and friends. He said that, that if, you, if, you, if you keep my commandments, you'll be my friends, and friends know what the master's doing. So we see this theme throughout the whole Bible that God's not only wanting to announce that you're a child, so that you can experience eternal life, but he wants to go, awesome, great, that's forever, but come on, I want to be your friend. And friends know what the master's doing. And when we know what the master's doing, we no longer pray the prayer if it's your will, because he freely reveals his will to his friends. And we spoke about how's your gaze. We look at Psalm 27. Yeah. How's your gaze? David talked about that, that one thing I asked, one thing I thirst, that I, that I dwell in the house of the Lord, experience you in your temple, gaze upon your beauty. And we looked at how gaze wasn't just a glance, but it was a lock in, a concentrated intent. I'm just at you today, Brett. Um, just a concentrated lock in, fix your eyes on him. He spoke about how I want to gaze. And we looked at that, presence. We looked at friendship with God and we looked at gazing on Him and how that's the fuel for us to be kind to every person on the planet. Those that know God and those that don't know God, our, our attitude towards people, belief or not in Jesus, ought to be the same. It's not us and them. We're aware of people's journey. Of course we are. But it's, we don't have an us and them mindset. Jesus was so acquainted and accustomed to people that didn't believe the way that he believed that he got accused of being a drunkard. How much have you got to hang out with someone or hang out with a crowd and be visibly seen by people to be accused of acting like them? A lot not a once a every few weeks deal, not an inconsistent a few times a, a year deal, but a consistent, I'm doing life with you and I love you. And he got accused of being a drunkard because he was so intimately acquainted. Love you, boy. Jesus. And there was a moment... And what I'm learning just in communicating and pastoring and preaching and sharing, whatever you want to call it, is I'm learning just to follow what the Lord's doing. And I felt there was a 10 to 15 minute time where the Lord just, I don't know what he did, but like he highlighted a few things that came out that I didn't plan, that I hadn't entertained fully, and it just came out. And it was the whole friendship deal. And for those that you were here, I hope you listened to it. If you didn't, just so we can keep going together as a church... But the whole friendship deal, I spoke about how important friendship was with God and how he wants it with us so he can reveal who he is and what he's like and we can live it out, not questioning or doubting who he is. But then I spoke about how a lot of us don't actually have friends or we don't have a best friend, that we often just live with associates, that we just live with, with, with this people at a distance And how often we struggle with the concept of God wants to be our friend because we're not actually sure what friendship looks like because we've never actually really had it in our earthly experiences with people. That we've had associates but not true friends. And often uh, what we experience in the natural is how we can perceive God. And, And I shared about how important it is for people to see you for who you really are and still love you so that you can actually have some sort of context for how God sees you and how much he loves you regardless of the stuff. Because the Bible says awesomely in 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter all about love, is that he keeps no records of wrong. He said about David, I believe it's in Romans, he said, blessed is the man whose sin God does not count against him. So there's this whole side to God that he's loving and and peaceful and patient and kind and he doesn't delight in evil but rejoices in the truth and he keeps no records of wrong. That's true of him. But when we actually hang out with people that experience God like that for themselves, then God rubs off on them and they start acting like that, that list. When you start hanging out with a person who's peaceful and kind and doesn't keep records of wrong and starts to see the real you, You start to come alive and start to get um, confident and excited about life because we're created to be seen and known. And when people see you and all the stuff and still love you, it puts you in this incredible position to experience the, the full love of God. Because often we get a trickle and moments and bursts and it's not consistent so we wonder and we live life like a yo-yo up and down questioning everything we say and do will he touch me today will he speak to me today what have I done oh I've done that so no not this Sunday but when you're free and confident with how he sees you because you've seen it model through his people then we come here and he goes of course he's going to touch me because I, I, I'm not only just a, a son but I'm a friend and friends know what the master's doing. I'm confident. I don't pray if it's your will anymore because I know what he's like. Now I don't run off without him. There's times where he'll go, go do it boy because we're connected. I trust you. We've got this good. But then Jesus, what did he do? He always came back to the mountain, did the work and ch- just checked in again. Hey, there's always relationship, but he just went, hey, let's hang out all night and pray. And we know praying is talking and coming really close, face to face. That's a Greek word. All right, let's start the message. <laughs> Exodus 33, chapter, uh, chapter 9, no, chapter 33, 9 to 11. We're going to talk about friendship. So good. All right, let's do this. Whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent and the Lord would speak to Moses. It was a setup. God's always wanted to meet with his people. So Old Testament, long time ago, God set it up so that Moses put this, this tent together and God would come down, speak, and give some instructions and be with Moses and then he'd lead the people could talk about that for two hours, but that's that's some context. When all the people saw the pillar of clouds standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would arise and worship, each at the entrance of his tent. So they didn't go in, they just watched. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend, full on. So Moses, a man, had a really wild upbringing, got called by God, had an encounter with God and their relationship developed in a way that they would speak as though they were friends. Like a friend, not as though, like a friend. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man would not depart from the tent. So I was speaking about a couple of weeks ago, closeness and face to face and friendship. Friendship how you're doing with you and God and how often we don't have best friends. And the reason often, and I, I can speak from my life, Let, let's, I'll just talk on my behalf. And if it makes any sense to you guys, that's great. But I've, I reckon I've gone through 15 or 20 best friends. Like I, I can just look back at my life and I've got so many seasonal best friends and some of that's normal and that's great and we evolve and grow in different schools and that's great. But we can make excuses for things as well and think, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but when I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like one a year, real close, super close, did everything with them and then it's like, ends, next friend. And I'm still working through that and asking some questions of why and and even certain guys that have come out from America, there was close connection, I like just questioning it with Dan, like super close, connected and just... Just asking the Lord, like, what is that? And do I, am I moving on from one person to another? Not to manipulate or to use, but I'm just like, what is it? Like, what is it in me with friendship and connection? And I'm like, and I'm working through this thing. It requires something from us. It's, it's challenging because the meaning of friendship in the Greek, it means there's three layers. There's three layers to the word friendship in the Greek. And we can throw around friends, but often we'll use the word friends and friendship and we're really talking about acquaintances or associates. So I started looking up this word and there was three elements and it was like a ladder. It was like an evolvement, it was growing, it was an upgrade to each layer. And the first one was associate. That's part of the word friendship, but it's not the full description, definition of the word friend. Philo. Philo. So associate was the first one, then the second one was loyalty. And, and and a definition of loyalty is when you stick firm, you stand firm with someone regardless of what happens externally, internally. There's a loyalty. We know that word. It's common. So associates level one, and then there's an upgrade into loyalty, where it's not just cool. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for coming. And see you around. But there's this loyalty, there's this, there's this connect, there's this I'm with you, I'm standing with you regardless of what's going on. And then the third upgrade is the word affection. But the word encompasses all three, but there is an upgrade with the three. To fully embrace and live in what it actually means to be a friend. And often loyalty and affection, that's a, that's a jump up. Loyalty and affection. And it's challenging because it requires, being friends with someone actually requires something from us. And I said to Lee when we first started feeling like to lead and then even last year, I'm like, man, the two hardest things that we're believing for is authentic relationships with people where every single person in the church has one person that fully knows them and sees them, everything, outside of their spouse that there'd be one person that you can do life with. And it's not that you better have it. It's a, hey, let's encourage each other to have that person because we really need to be seen and known by someone because it'll help you with God and avoid the yo-yo up and down with God. And then I said in miracles. So I'm like, far out. We could have done this a whole lot easier with just being surface and not thinking God does anything. And we just come and go, cool, that was good, church. Well done. Go home, have a roast, lunch. And um, have a have a have a coffee in my mug with a scripture on it, but I don't believe the scripture. But it's like, okay, let's dig in here, and that's why we're talking. We're talking culture. Slow and steady wins the race. We want to see sustained revival. So I'm not interested in fads. Not in, not not interested in just talking about something and forgetting it. It's like, what are you wanting to do? What are you wanting to say? Can we build something that can last? To, to Bella and Jude's kids. And friendship is such a big deal. Can we just see quickly what God thinks about friendship? P.S. that list that's required from us for friendship is humility, honour, honesty, vulnerability, transparency and authenticity. All those... No. I mean, that's, that, that's, those things are actually required this morning when Ainsley's leading us. Like that list is required to connect with God the way that you've always dreamed of. Those things, subconsciously, subtly, whether you know it or not, are required. There's a demand on you in a really good way for those things to be outworked in your life so that you can be close with people and close with God. And if we don't, then we'll wonder forever what it's really like for that weirdo to encounter God. (laughs) Does that make sense? Talk about me. (laughs) So let's have a look at what God says about friendship. Proverbs 18.24, Proverbs 18.24. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Say it again. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs 27 verse 9 in the Passion Translation. This is great. Sweet friendships refresh the soul and awaken our hearts with joy. That's great. For good friends are like the anointing oil that yields, gives way, releases a fragrant incense of God's presence. Descriptive language, but it releases the presence of God in your life. Proverbs 17:17, 17, 17, just the first part. B was okay as well, but I'm just highlighting part A. You can look at B, I'm okay. <laughs> Proverbs 17, 17, first part, a friend loves at all times. Really good. And then John 15, 13, we know this. We know this really well. There is no greater love. Oh, I know that one. There's no greater (laughs) love. There's no greater love. You're okay with me jabbing you all the time, yeah? It's really important that I keep jabbing you about this. John 15, 13, there is no greater love than to lay one's life. See, I've changed the script. I've changed the translation to so you think you don't know it. And I don't know this one. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. Amazing. God wants us to be friends with him and with others. So we must address why it's difficult to understand how it actually works, feels and plays out in our life. It's tough and it's challenging, but it's worth it if you want to live out and experience him the way you've always prayed for and dreamt for. Does that make sense? Great. All right, John 15, 12. This is the main scripture. And then we're going to bounce off this for a little bit. So good. Yeah, this, this um, John 15, it's, it's just evolving. It's just evolving in my, uh, in my life and God's really speaking. So in the context of friendship, John 15, 12 to 18. This is my commandment. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. This is my commandment. Excuse me. This is my commandment that you love one another. Heavy, just as I've loved you, full on. This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. That verse we just read, verse 13, greater love has no one than this that one lay his life down for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what the master is doing. Jesus is talking about him. He's the master. God's the master. But I've called you friends for all things. Say all things. Yeah. That I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, to be effective, to influence, to impact. And your fruit would remain, it'll be sustained. So that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. Again, he brackets this um, thought with this statement again. Verse 12 said it, and now verse 17 says it. This I command you, that you love one another. This I command that you love one another. Verse 12 said, hey guys, I've got a new commandment and it's to love one another. Verse 17, this I command you that you love one another. You can take that down, amazing. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I've been aware of this since I've been mentioning this and I hope you guys have thought for yourselves, which is my passion. I'm not trying to convince you what to think, how to think. I'm going to present stuff that we feel is right and that that we learn together and grow together. But you can question stuff and go and look it up for yourselves and dig in a little bit deeper and ask the Lord some questions. Is that good? So I hope that you've um, identified that friendship is not automatic. I hope you saw the big if when we've been reading it out for the last few weeks. My prayer is that you would have already realised that friendship with God is not automatic. We become a child of God through belief in Jesus, John 1.12. For those that believe him and receive him, we have been given the right, the privilege, the honour to become a child of God, eternity, forever with him, amazing. Relationship, salvation, connection, yippee-doo-dah, amazing. But there's another level to God and that's he wants to be friends and it's an upgrade. We're always sons and daughters. We're always a child. But there is an upgrade available. And it's friendship. But friendship is not automatic. Jesus made it really clear. He said, if you obey my commands, then you're my friends. Can we read it again? Verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command you. What did he command you? In verse 12 this is my commandment that you love one another just as I've loved you so there's a there's a little catch on friendship with God and it's not a rule or it's not a try and catch me if you can sort of deal it's an invitation he's always inviting he's always giving choice he's he's opening it up and saying you can have anything yep it's all available but there's a there's a little catch here And the catch isn't a manipulative catch, it's not out of ill motive, it's out of a a desire to connect with you on another level, on on the level that you've always dreamed of. So there's a requirement for the upgrade of friendship with God and it's to love one another. And to love one another requires humility, honour, vulnerability, transparency, authenticity and allowing people in to see you. So that the God in them sees the stuff in you and still says you're amazing, which positions you to encounter him on a whole new level and, and, and embrace how he sees you. And then you're confident and you live this life out amazing. You tracking? Friendship with God is not automatic, but he sets it up so it's so available. It's so within reach. loving people qualifies you to become friends with god and friendship with god is the key to knowing his will because friends know what the master is doing if you don't know what he is doing you can't do anything if you don't know what he is saying you can't say anything because god wants to let you into his story and his plan way more than you realize way 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 more than you realize He wants to reveal his will, which is his heart's desire. But to be able to do all of that, live out the kingdom, live out Matthew 6.10, for us to be able to do that with freedom and confidence, we must know him and we must know what he's like. We find out what he's like by knowing his will. But we can only know his will and what he is doing by becoming friends. And we can only become friends if we love one another. Jesus made the statement, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, but friends. So to the one that loves people, Jesus calls a friend. I'm super challenged by this. Like that that line that Ainsley, I mean, God just set up the song today. Like, help me build my life upon your love and to those around me. Like, it's all our heart and prayer to love well. To love people well. But it's challenging because, again, like I make the joke, people annoy us, you know. <laughs> and we're right. Like, we can have that. When we have that, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun and and but but this whole deal is about love for God so loved the world and i want to model what he's really like so i want to live a life of love and this message is not uh is not harsh it's an invitation to go deeper with god i've been thinking like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a child of God. I've got access to all that He is and I'm aware there is an upgrade. Because you look at all the Bible characters and not all of them had this. You look at the disciples. Not all of the disciples had this intimate connection. Like look at Peter out of the 12. Let's look at New Testament. Often you'll find Jesus ask a question and Peter's the one that answers and all the 12 were there. Who was first to the tomb? Who was first out of the boat when they saw the resurrected Christ on the beach? John 21. Peter. Who cut off the guard's ear when they were going to take Jesus? Peter. Who was the one that had something revealed to them by the Holy Spirit before the Holy Spirit was released and poured out? Peter. Peter. There was something about Peter and his pursuit and passion of Jesus that caused him to get an upgrade with connection with the Lord. There was something about hunger. There was something about, I want to know you. There's something about, Jesus said to the whole crowd, are you all going to leave me too? And Peter said, no, no, no. How can we leave you, Jesus? You have the words of eternal life. David, there was something about David and his life of worship and connecting and coming in close and wanting to become a friend of God that God said, "This is a man after my own heart." We see Abraham in John 2:23, talks about, and Abraham was a friend of God. "I am a friend of God. We sing that song, but it, it's intense to actually say, "You know what? If we can learn to love people, if we can learn to love people well, we actually start to grow in this upgrade from yes, a child of God is amazing and we have all the privileges, but there's another level and it's friendship with God and friends know what the master is doing and we actually, it positions us, allows us, releases us and causes us to live out everything that we want to see lived out. It's the key to living out your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because we, are, we start walking with confidence and freedom because we know what he's like. Can we get the band up? That'd be amazing. So humility, honesty, vulnerability, transparency, authenticity, as I said, they're super easy and we're all nailing them. They're super challenging. And I really felt to share this other side of it. Because he makes a specific comment about slaves and friends. He says, if you love one another, there'll be an upgrade. And it's the friendship. But if you don't want to, again, invitation, if you don't want to, you'll remain a slave. And I'm like, I can be a son of God and still be a slave. Because if we don't actually go... God help me love well. Help me address stuff in my life. Help me grow. Help me help me be you better to people. We actually we imprison ourselves. Here's how we imprison ourselves. When we don't go on a journey of love and building our life on love. Grudges are normal. Having issues with people are normal stereotyping people are normal having conversations and arguments in your head with another person that's wronged you will become normal you'll have a back and forth conversation with them on the way to a meeting with them maybe and you'll you'll fight with them in your head and that will become normal offense will be normal Bitterness will be normal and unforgiveness will be normal and will hold people at a distance and what does that do? It locks us up in a cage and imprisons us and we remain a slave to those things. Are we going to heaven? Absolutely. Does He love us? Absolutely. Can we worship? Yes. Can we pray? Yes. Yes. Can we enter into a level with him that Moses, Abraham, David, Peter had? Going to be really tough. But the invitation's there. And Holy Spirit says, I'm going to guide you into all truth. I'm present. I'm active. I'm involved. No matter where you're at, I'm ready to go. His promises are yes and amen for those that believe it, for those that believe the cross, for those that embrace it and welcome him in. He sees you. He's watching you now. And he's like, let's do this. Because I want, I, I, I long for you to come closer. But when we don't address that list, the two lists, the list that positions us to be a friend and address, and address the list that keeps us as a slave, then we'll We'll pray that If It's Your Will prayers and wonder why we just can't grow. Because we all want to grow. But when we keep people at a distance, we can't grow. I'm trusting the Lord's doing stuff in us. Because we all want to grow. But the only way to grow is through feedback. And we can only really have feedback that we'll actually take on board if we let people in. And we can only let people in if we pursue it and ask the Lord to help us. Let's stand to our feet. I want to talk about two quick things that will probably open up In another couple of weeks but there's two practical things that we can do in this whole deal one one is to get a perspective upgrade i want you to i want to read this together uh 2 corinthians 5 14 to 16. this is paul who used to murder christians full-on used to be a terrorist he would approve the he approved the stoning of stephen in acts 8 And this is what Paul says, all right? This is full on. For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that He has given His life for all of us. Those that believe in Him or not, He did it for all. This means all died with Him. (laughs) That's full on. So that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for Him. The one who died for us and now lives again. So verse 16. So then from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by the outward appearances. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, Jesus. We once didn't know God. But no longer do we see Him with limited human insight. So I feel like God wants to actually radically transform the way that we see people. Another translation is, we no longer see people according to the flesh. Like we no longer. Why? That's an interesting statement. Why don't we? It's because we're starting to know what He's like and we see from His perspective. That's my prayer, God. I want to see people from your perspective. And I've got to mention this verse, Matthew 5, 23 to 24. So practically, we need a perspective upgrade so we can love well and become friends so we can know what the master's doing. This is practical in doing, Matthew 23 to 24. Therefore, if you're presenting your offering at the altar, if you're worshiping and praying, and there there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering Pause your worship, pause your praise, pause your prayer and go and sort it out. Because disconnect among brothers and sisters and people is is opposite to the way that I live. I want you guys to become friends. So go and sort it out. I'll give you the tools. I'll be there. My peace will go with you. My presence will go with you. It'll be a win-win situation and you both will go deeper together when you talk about stuff, when you talk, when you talk about the stuff that comes up in relationships. When you commit to talking and communicating and loving people through the junk, you get an upgrade in relationship. And God says, then come back and praise and we'll go deeper as well. Does that make sense? So let's just take a moment now. What I'm not saying is that God builds a wall up in our process of becoming friends. And then one day, automatically, there's a closeness. He's a good father. All the promises are available. His presence is available. He loves us. It never ends. It's ferocious towards us all the time what I am saying is there's another level to all of that